Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I am your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Today, I am recording another solo podcast. It would appear that the universe is conspiring to have many more of these podcasts be me speaking alone rather than with a with a, someone who I find interesting to talk to, which is fine, I guess. It just puts the onus on me to be more entertaining and insightful, you guys. Um, yeah, I have uh, attempted to record two uh, different interviews in the last week, and both of which experienced technical difficulties that... Uh, are very frustrating, the second of which happened just a couple hours ago, and um, I, I guess, to my credit, didn't send me into a rage spiral that uh, my general um, agitated demeanor would uh, typically preclude from my response to things. Uh, so I suppose that's a little bit of... I'm hesitant to say progress because I don't really feel like it's progress. I think it was just, uh, I don't know. I was in a good mood, maybe. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I sat down with a gentleman earlier this week who I ran into, and I've been carrying this podcasting equipment around with me just in case I run into a couple people who I see from time to time and uh, don't have a close enough relationship with to really uh, expect, uh, or offer, you know, a, a, you know, to try and schedule something out at the actual podcast studio. Um, or, or more, more poignantly, I, I just want to, uh, grab them when, when the opportunity arises rather than try and, and, uh, set it up ahead of time, I guess. Cause now at this point I'm a little self-conscious about what exactly it is I'm doing with this podcast. So I have a hard time uh, believing anyone would be interested in just coming out there on, you know, based on my, just on my invitation alone, which, uh, I like to refer to that as humility, but it's just that I'm uh, self-conscious. Uh, anyway, I, uh, had a shitty mic and so I got a terrific 30, 35 minutes from him talking in a very crowded, loud, uh, coffee shop uh, and nothing but pops and very muted uh, aside from me. So something I couldn't even attempt to fix. Uh, much to my chagrin. And then just a couple hours ago, I sat down with someone else who I deeply adore and have known for a decade. And really, really, really was hoping to have be one of my first episodes was an interview with this person. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a complete dunce when it comes to working the soundboard at the eavesdrop studios, it turns out, you guys. It turns out, you guys, that uh, I'm not that good at working a soundboard, um, which, again, uh, it was the kind of thing as I was realizing that our conversation, you know, we talked for a good 20 minutes and I noticed that the thing had stopped moving. And it's the kind of thing that, uh, I don't know, my my general response would be to be uh you know uh, uh or my response in the past or often if i'm in the right mood i guess is to kind of fly off the handle not uh well in a way that i feel like is more self-contained than it probably is um i know i've um been embarrassingly angry with people 
or with situations in front of people rather, not with people. I'm generally not embarrassingly angry with people. You have to really push me to get me angry with you as a person. But uh, yeah, it's, I've I've pure unadulterated rage at inanimate objects. Though don't get me started on how fucking annoying a you know a, a, the handle on a on a dresser drawer that grabs my shirt sleeve. Boy, that'll 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 just ruin a Saturday. Um, you know. So so when I, I when I when I realized that the recording equipment uh, wasn't functioning the way that I thought it was, or I wasn't making it function correctly, I guess is the best way to put it. And even though I had just practiced it a few times and we had just done a couple of practice recordings to make sure everything was set and then it still screwed up. I, I guess it's a, I guess it's a win that I didn't fly off the handle. I mean, you know, it was a fellow, uh, uh, person that I know from, from 12 step recovery and, um, we both just kind of looked at each other and were like, well, I guess that's a that's a sign that this wasn't the time for this, I guess. And, uh, you know, we just left it at that. And I uh, fucked around with the equipment a little bit longer to just see if I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. But, um, yeah, I, as you know, after after they took off and I was there messing with it, I, I could feel like that frustrated rage starting to kind of creep in. And I was like, nah, it's okay. It's It's just kind of... If this is what's supposed to happen, this is what's supposed to happen. You know, that's what I kept telling myself because that's that is that is I, I guess I guess that's the the theme that I'm trying to get at this this evening is if you know whatever's supposed to happen is what's happening. You know, and that's I I, I make that statement fully conscious of the privilege of being a you know a handsome or well attractive enough middle-class, middle-aged white man, I register that, you know, it's easy for me to say, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen and to accept my fate and, you know, any number of things because I don't I don't have uh, a great deal of um, systematic problems that are weighing on me that are, are truly out of my control and truly leave me powerless in a way that leaves me also um, with no agency, you know. I I, I get it. I'm not I'm not I'm not speaking in a universal tone I guess I'm speaking from a more micro state from a from an individual moment to moment basis that um you know sometimes the way the way my view of the world unfolding in a way that I I'm comfortable and that I have grace um the way that that works for me part of it is when I'm able to accept that, you know, what, what's happening is what's supposed to be happening, even if it's not what I want. Um, and that, that's, that's more of what I mean. And, and this is a situation of that. And, you know, this, the person I was trying to talk to and I, you know, were like, well, we'll, we'll do this again. And, and they were, they had a great time. They were like, wow, that was much more fun than I expected. And in fact, both people were, cause they were both people who don't in any way, podcast they don't well, I mean like they don't do any of this stuff they're not entertainers they're not performers they don't they don't get up in the microphones they don't talk you know and, and I love I do appreciate having performers on with me as, as I had a couple of fucking Casey's a couple you know a few weeks ago but I don't want it to be exclusively entertainers I don't want it to be exclusively people with you know spurious uh, sobriety if I can help it but I do truly want to sit down with people that I find interesting and who, who, who I have genuine love in my heart for 
despite a separation of our lives, right? Like not somebody who I've got a deep relationship with other than the idea or not the idea, the, the, the reality of, of our, of our, you know, similar chemical addiction issues. And, uh, I, cause I do I have deep love for a lot of people. I have, I have honestly deep love for anyone with, with, um, who's struggling with their own demons and, uh, are making a concerted effort to, um, do whatever they need to do to find their way to a better path. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find the words that don't put judgment. I don't, I don't want to say live a better life or be a better person. Cause that, that, that unnecessarily puts judgment on the person that they are now and, and puts pressure on the idea of them needing to change for some purpose other than for their own good and for their own, you know, good, good, um, improved life. Um, but I have deep love in my heart for, for anybody who's struggling and trying to find their way to help, find their way to the humility to, you know, accept that they are, accept that they need help, accept that they can't control whatever it is that's controlling them. And, you know, I, I have many people in my life that I would like to talk to about this or, you know, have a, have a conversation with them on the record so that, you know, whatever. It's not on the record, but, you know, you put a microphone in front of somebody and, and they're not used to talking to a microphone, they're going to be a little bit like, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple of people that I really, really want to talk to and and I attempted twice this week. Um, I guess it's another good good measure on me right now that I'm not forcing myself to look at it as a deeper message of like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this podcast because... So I don't really feel like that's the quote-unquote message I should be receiving from these mistakes or these problems I've been having. I think, I think the deeper thing is it just just wasn't the right time for either conversation, right? Like the the sit down with the first gentleman um, was awesome, and his story was um, you know very interesting, and he had a lot of insights that. I found very fascinating and I would really like to discuss with him some more. So I'm actually, you know, secretly, secretly pleased that I'm going to have to repeat that with him. And really it was kind of like, uh, 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 um, you know, when you go to an open mic and you, you tell a bunch of jokes that you haven't told in a while for the first time, you know, to get the shit one out of the way, you know, maybe that was what that, that recording was with him and maybe even with the other person, uh, you know, maybe that's the deal. Maybe in both instances, I needed to help both of them get a little exposure to speaking about themselves into a microphone in this quote-unquote environment so that they uh, can, whatever, have it just sit in the back of their brains. And then <clears throat> sometime in the hopefully semi-near future when I go make a repeated effort with both of them or at separate times, it'll uh, it'll it'll be even more beautiful, you know? <laughs> Like when I read Lake Wobegon, that book, when I was a kid, and just baffled me that supposedly what's his name wrote the entire book once and then lost it, and then he had to rewrite it. And the book that we were reading and that made him super famous and all that, and got him the radio show and all this stuff that, uh, whatever, was the second effort, you know, and I just that. As a kid reading that, I was like, damn, 
I don't, that's, that's, I don't know that I could do that. So anyway, that's a weird reference. Um, yeah. Being where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, accepting that whatever's happening is what's supposed to be happening. I mean, that's, again, uh, taken on a macro scale, obviously there's, you know, near infinite number of situations where you can point to and be like, yeah, no, that, that doesn't seem like uh, the right attitude to just accept your fate because, you know, well, you know, I'm supposed to be sitting here <laughs> bleeding out of my bleeding out of my stomach because that's you know I am where I am supposed to be the world's unfolding the way it's supposed to so I guess I'm supposed to be shot in the stomach you know just by someone random I, I don't know that's again another weird reference I, I don't know where I'm going but <sighs> but on a small scale on a micro scale on a on a breath to breath scale when I'm feeling like I'm in grace and when I'm feeling I don't know, in harmony with my surroundings and with my uni- world around me, which I say with the universe, just because it's, I don't know. I, I, I often find myself plugging in the universe where most people, many people would potentially use the word God because I, I feel like it's less off-putting to people. The sound of the universe is less off-putting to people who are not God people and God people uh, don't, particularly care sometimes i wonder if they even register the difference who knows but uh you know when i'm feeling in tune with the universe and my surroundings part of that what comes with that is a sense that you know you know it it, it, i it's as simple as being laid back i guess i mean it's a fucking over analytical way of just saying uh you know when i'm feeling when I'm feeling groovy, I'm laid back. <laughs> I guess that really does summarize it, but it's it feels more profound than that. But uh, yeah, you know, when I can accept what's happening in my life, accept, you know, hardships and accept uh, uh, pleasant things and just kind of roll with them as, as registering, yeah, no, this is, this is what's supposed to happen, I guess. And, uh, you know, and the times where it feels spiritual uh, are when I have those sensations and when I'm truly embracing those kind of feelings and it's, I don't know how to put it. It, It's, it's egoless. It doesn't come from a place of pride. It just is almost instinctual. It feels instinctual. It feels like, dribbling a basketball right like it takes some talent and some and some practice and it takes a little bit of focus to get to a point where you no longer have to focus on it and when you reach that point and you can successfully just maneuver that ball wherever you need it it feels effortless and it's it's a similar sensation or at least that's the 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 metaphor uh the analogy to make for it um because I've had, I mean, yeah, I mean, I register that the example that led me to this thought process is just the simple fact that I I didn't fly into a rage over the recording this afternoon going sideways after I again tried. And and again, I I went to dinner with a friend afterwards that I had set up, you know, as, you know, back to back kind of thing. And I was 
on the drive down, I was concerned because I could feel like the like annoyance building up in me of like not achieving what it is I had scheduled for myself and what I had projected as what was going to happen tonight. You know, I was going to make this recording, then I was going to go meet them for dinner, and then I'm going to go do comedy after I'm done talking into this microphone for a little while. Um, and I hadn't, you know, the first step on that had fallen flat. And, you know, part of it was I was also like, <laughs> I, I had a, a sense of like, this is a little bit embarrassing to have invited this person down here. got them all in the studio, showed them all around, and then can't even fucking work the equipment. But, you know, they don't give a shit. They just, they thought it was cool. And they were like, well, okay, we'll try it again some other time. You know, they, they don't care, right? Like, I'm not going to have, <laughs> I'm not going to have someone in my life who I deeply adore like that, who is going to also make me feel like shit for something that's clearly out of my hands. And, and hell, they didn't even give me a hard time for it. They were just like, oh, yep, that sucks. And, uh, I realize that that's a not a deeply profound thing, but it does. Uh, you know, walking through little things like that sometimes for for someone like me, someone who you know who's got like <sighs> agitation issues, who's you know, I, I don't feel that I have that today, but there's been times in my life where I certainly had anger issues. You know, I was frustrated, and I would still frustrated, but I'm not as, I'm more laid back about it, but I've had instances, you know, I've had periods in my life where I'm like, like an agitation, you know, head, if I'm not a rage head, I'm an agitation head. And I'll, you know, I remember as a kid breaking toothbrushes with, you know, clenching them between my teeth. Cause I was so fucking upset about whatever. I was a kid who the fuck knows what I was upset about. I mean, the underlying rage was cause I was molested and I didn't know what to fucking do with it. And I didn't know who to talk to about it. And so, yeah, I had this underlying current of just pure anger that just sat there. And if, you know, whatever, I'd be agitated about anything. Cause <laughs> looking back on my childhood, there was plenty of, uh, codependent nonsense and abandonment shit and you know my stepmom didn't treat me that great and you know whatever I lived in a midwest household and you know midwest midwest catholics are not the most communicative bunch so yeah I would have just rage issues underlying of this you know just especially as a child you don't even have words you just know that shit's not right and you're just fucking upset and I kind of carried that into my teens and into my adulthood you know and I think I think that's a common thing for a lot of people and fucking alcoholic like me I mean it was part of how I fucking drunk drink you know I would I would subdue that feeling by fucking just numbing out and uh you know obviously it didn't do anything for it and, and there was a period where I was trying to be sober by just sitting on my hands and not doing any program and not doing any actual work on myself I just wasn't drinking and and yeah I was a fucking agitated mess much 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 worse than uh in my childhood i mean you know you just take away the coping mechanism from a fucking alcoholic and you just get a fucking agitated annoying ass fucker well let's say asshole i mean i'm still an ass fucker <laughs> but um being able to find a serenity in my life and through that and part of that wrapped up in that is being able to take it easy, you know, not, not be so, you know, not be so bent out of shape or, or have my balance unsettled by small things that occur in my day to day existence. Right. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, paradoxes or dangers of, 
being an alcoholic, being a drug addict is, you know, maybe it's not the, it's not the big things. You can walk through the big things. You can walk through, you know, the deaths of family members and, and, and losses of jobs, possibly, you know, you can, you can walk through those kind of things with, uh, a better sense of like, Oh, I better not use, I, you know, I better go seek the right, you know, treatment or help or, or assistance or whatever to keep, keep my sobriety, you know, those kind of things. Cause they're, they're big and obvious, but it's the small things where you, you know, you're, you're, you're fucking, you break a glass that's full of milk on the ceramic tile in your kitchen and shit goes everywhere and you stub your toe and get a wedge of glass stuck in between your tiny, you know, in between your fingernail and in your, or your toenail and your toe or something while you're cleaning up. Just like a small agitation, something that, you know, fucking sucks, but shouldn't set you off. Like those are the things that can get you right. Those are the things that you can turn around and the next thing you know, you've got a half a bottle of fucking whiskey in your mouth. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've walked through some big things and, and I've walked through, <laughs> I've walked through, I've walked through some little things. I mean, I stubbed my toe. Um, but the big things I've walked through part of the, the part of the way that I made it, part of the, the way that I maintained my own serenity and my balance was recognizing that as much as what was happening wasn't, didn't feel okay, um, it was still, <clears throat> it was happening, and by virtue of me being emotionally and spiritually prepared to handle what was happening made it okay that in hindsight the universe was unfolding the way it was supposed to you know I got very solemn there because I'm referring to the death of my my children's mother um, something that I don't I don't want to just unload on this in the middle of a podcast or just randomly but it was a traumatizing event for them specifically and and for me and for everyone who knew her but um you know it was the kind of thing that is the kind of thing it was it was it happened after I was just over 2 years sober and at that point in my sobriety, I, I was in an emotional state and a spiritual state that I could truly and with no hesitation step in and do the right thing by my children and by my family and her family to, to a lesser degree, I suppose. But it was, I, I, I had enough sobriety, I had enough recovery under my belt and I had my feet under me and my legs under me. And, and in that in that in that way, it felt like the the universe was unfolding the way it was supposed to because I was participating. Right? It's not it's not an either or. It's a it's a combination. And um, you know, it was a terrible thing, and it was it was a hard, difficult period to go through, especially for the kids, but. Um, because my sense of grace because of 
my sense of the universe and how I, I, when I'm in tune with it, I have a sense of grace. I was able to step in and just be present in my life and through that be there for my children and be there for the people who needed me. And over time I've been able to turn that around and, and allow others to be there for me in the way that I needed them. And, um, and that's a, that's a, a, a macro, that's a larger example of the, of the same sense of, of taking it easy. Right. I mean, the, again, it's a, it's a, all of this shit is such a paradox because the words, the language that we have to describe things just, I don't know, maybe it's just because I only know English. Maybe there's some more beautiful and more descriptive, eloquent way to say it in another language. I don't, I don't know, but, you know, it's that same sense of calm and grace to carry me through and for me to, to enable me to step in and walk through periods of, of high stress and high um, you know, sorrow and grief and pain and frustration like that on a micro scale of being able to remember to effectively approach even the small things with the same attempt at grace as I was able to conjure and able to, to embody in those larger issues when, when having to address a larger, much more uh, significant problem. You know, it, that's, I guess that's part of, or I don't know, I don't know if that adequately describes my sense of, of just accepting the universe is unfolding the way it's supposed to, you know, and just taking it easy and being a part of it and being present and not trying, trying very hard not to get caught up in my own expectations in it, but rather accepting that whatever's unfolding is the proper thing that's supposed to be unfolding. Because again, that becomes a, I don't know, a circular argument because yeah things happen because things cause them to happen but at the same time there's only one th way that things could have happened and that's the way that they did and me being in grace being in tune with the universe being calm and s as serene as I can possibly be always without fail enables me to walk through those events, no matter how they unfold. So yeah, that's what having two fucked up uh, podcast interviews in one week brought me this week, you guys. Um, I don't know. As usual, I'm not sure if any of that made any sense. And um really hope either way that if it did or didn't make sense that uh, if you listen this far you found some of it interesting if not um, I don't know moving or insightful um, anyway I uh, I love all of you listening 
to the extent that I could love any of you without knowing you. <laughs> but uh, I have much love in my heart for you. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And as always, if, if you're interested in anything I'm talking about and you want to reach out to me, uh, you can email me through the, the email there at the Ear, or Eavesdrop Network. Um, yeah, or if you know me, you can find me on Facebook or uh, Twitter. Although I think trying to message me on Twitter would be weird because it's Twitter. But uh, Facebook or, or email is fine. And I hope you guys are uh, making it through another day. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Fun and Sobriety Podcast.